of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. Today, episode 11, is the second to last episode that we're doing in season one. And it's a two-part series that focuses on what to do with our time. Now, it's fall, and life has kind of come back to normalcy, right? Um, Most schools are back in session, shopping's resumed, folks are back to worshiping in their local church body. It's kind of normal. Well, it's a new kind of normal, I suppose, but it is normal. Right before the quarantine hit, I was so busy. I use Google Calendar on my phone to keep track of all the things and I color code based on the event. Music lessons are orange and sports is red and so I had so much on my calendar that it looked like a fruit salad, and I'm not even teasing you. So I greatly enjoyed the rest that came with the quarantine. I did a lot of really nice things. I mean, my family and I had many, many meals together. We went on tons of bike rides and walks. We watched a few too many movies, and we hung out by our fire pit eating s'mores in the backyard. I loved this family time. I also love to organize and clean out stuff. I love to go and drop things off at Goodwill. So I utilized this time to get a lot of things done around my house. I cleaned out closets and bookshelves. I even cleaned out my garage. But as much as I enjoyed the break from busyness and normal life, I was definitely ready to get back to routine as my state of Ohio opened up. But here we are, it's fall now, and it's time to think about what we are gonna do with our time and how we're gonna balance all the things that we have on our plate or maybe some new things that are being added to our plate. Last time on Unshaken, I interviewed a sweet friend, Erica Simpson, I love her. She shared some really powerful things about living for Christ in her day-to-day life. Today we're going to listen to the first part of a talk she gave in the fall of 2019 to the mom's ministry at Christ the Word called Mom to Mom. Her talk is called My Time is Your Time. And the principles she shares can be used whether your life is the same as Erica's or if it looks a lot different than Erica's. She just has some really good practical advice to figure out what to do with our time and how to honor God every day. to say at the outset just that I was asked, just because I was asked to talk about time management, certainly I'm not an expert or a guru. There are corners of my house I don't want to show you because they need time and attention, so um, please don't think I have it all together. But I've been married for 23 years and making a home for 23 years, and in raising my kids, um, I have sat in seats like you are today, and I learned some things, and I keep learning things, so I just want to really practically share some of that with you guys today. Um, I'm not sure how to do this because a lot of what I'm going to do is writing on the whiteboard. So let me try to move this. Um, So what I want to draw us to the word of God this morning is from Psalm chapter 90 and it's a psalm written by Moses and it's the story of the human life in a way. Um, He says that we have 70, 80 years if we're strong and um, establish the work of our hands, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. And the verse that I want to refer to today is Psalm 90, verse 12. And it says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And this has been kind of a, am I too loud? 
It's okay. All right. Um, this has been kind of a foundation verse for me in mothering and homemaking, um, mainly because it motivates me and it anchors me. And the way it motivates me, and I'm just going to write this now. Um, teach me to number. So just to number our days. Um, when you think of that or when I think of that, I realize my days are finite. And um, I'm 44. My years, my days started on June 6, 1975. And if I'm blessed, I'll get to live to be 80 um, or more if I'm strong. But I'm over halfway there. And I've lived a lot, and yet I have a lot more to do. So something about numbering my days is a motivator to me. There's a finite amount of time I have, and I want to use my life for God's glory. Um, that I may gain a heart of wisdom. And the other thing that um, I am motivated by is that I can learn um, and I can gain. So it's not like I arrive with this kind of knowledge to my life, but it's something I can learn and grow in, and I can see over the course of my life how God has allowed me to learn some things, and so I'm thankful for that. So it keeps motivating me to keep learning and keep gaining. Um, and then the thing that anchors me is my days, that I am a mother and a wife, and I assume most of us here are mothers and wives, and that is a huge definer of my days. So I don't have to wonder if I'm going to make it on Broadway. That ship has sailed. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, but I am a mom, and I am a wife, and so all of my work that's entailed in that is always right in front of me. And so that anchors me that I'm not out in left field thinking up new ideas for me to do because I have so much work right in front of me. And that's not to say that new things don't come down the road and you might have jobs and things like that, but the heart that God desires for women if they're mothers and wives is to be in their home with their families. Um, I want to show you something that's been helpful to me. Um, and you all have a little piece of paper on your table. Um, and it's just a bubble with some little squares. Uh, this is something that um, helps me to remember that my days are numbered and that I want to use them to glorify God. So when I feel overwhelmed or when I'm in a new season like school starting or the start of a new year, I'll a lot of times sit down and work through like an audit of my life and say, okay, I want to go through all the roles that God has given me and that I am, and then look at actionable things that I can be doing in each of those relationships. So, so there's me, and I usually say my name because... I have a name. I'm not just mom, and neither are you. Um, so it's good to remember we have a name. And because I'm a Christian and Christ is in me and I want to share him with others, I'm, in, I'm asking and I'm sitting down in prayer that God would inform my decisions and my action points and everything that I need to bring into the relationships that I have. So I just start... Um, with myself. I need to have a relationship that is growing with Christ. And so um, 
the first thing, I'm going to use the word quiet time because that's what I learned and that's what I use, um, is that I really do need to wake up or whenever I can find time in the day and spend time with God. As a Christian, I want to be growing. And as all the roles that we have as women, we need to be filled so that we can minister in those roles. Um, one thing that always motivates me is that when I was in my 20s, we were at a nursing home ministering to an older lady. She was in her late 80s, and um, she wanted you know, to be asked if she had read her Bible. So when asked, she said, oh, I haven't done it. She just said, I am so busy. Things are so hectic here. And I was 20, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I'm pretty sure that all of my life I could find an excuse to say, no, I'm too busy. Um, if you're too busy when you're sitting in a nursing home, then you're just not interested. Um, and so that was uh, sobering to me, and I realized that there would never be a time in my life that I wanted to say, I'm too busy for this relationship. So what does that look like for me? Um, it's really changed throughout the years, but it looks like me contending for that time. So I, when my kids were little, I could sleep in a little bit more, but I always would try to get up before them. Now they get up early. My kids are on the bus by seven, ten, uh, ten minutes before seven. So I'm up at six or six thirty, and I'm helping them get off. My second wave of kids go to school at eight thirty, and so I'm finding some pockets of time between. There's like maybe 25 minutes that maybe everyone's either gone or asleep that I have that's quiet, and so I really try to use that. I can tell you if I don't, if I open my phone before my Bible it's gone. So I still am contending for it and still fighting for it, and it's never easy. Um, then I would just go, and I'm a wife. I'm a mom. And I would name all my children, um, because being a mom to Ty looks different than being a mom to Britta. So they need different things from me. Um, so that would be that. Then I'm a neighbor. I'm an aunt. I'm a community member. I'm a church member. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. You get the idea. So I would go through listing all the roles that God has given me. And then what, through prayer, is he showing me that I need to be doing in those relationships? So for instance, as an aunt, I have 13 nieces and nephews, and when I think about the aunts that made an impact in my life, they were women who loved Jesus and who pointed me to God. And so those are two of the things I want to be to my nieces and nephews. Well, one of my goals was to send them a birthday card and $5. Guess how many times I've done that? One year. <laughs> Only once did I get them all a card. But I keep trying, and I keep trying to be interested in their lives and ask them about them because I want to be a person that they recognize as I love Christ, and I want to encourage them to love Christ. So this is pretty much my outline and the heart of what I wanted to say. Um, particular. So this is kind of the grid that I have found helpful to help me really think through my days, and all of you have your days and what they look like for you. Um, but if you're married, then I want to kind of go through some practical steps about our marriages. So um, your husband and you started out really liking each other and really liking to spend time together. Um, as you build and grow a family, though, it sometimes feels like the very thing that was the fruit of your love is the thing that drives you apart. <laughs> so 
So maybe your husband has to work a lot to provide for your family and your home. And so when's the last time you saw him? Who really knows? <laughs> um, and I might be exaggerating, but sometimes that is my season. Um, through those times, we really have had to fight to keep our friendship. Um, and we, I would encourage dating, and that might look uh, very different for you. It might be coffee on the back deck every Saturday morning, um, or it might be dinner out every Friday night, or it might be a walk after dinner in the evenings. But whatever it is, whether it's free or it costs money, I would encourage you to be alone with your husband, to be able to talk without children interrupting and taking center stage. And you need time to be able to laugh together and remember and dream and all of those things. So yes, it's hard, but it is worth doing that. I can tell you my second son just moved out in the beginning of September and I could cry at the drop of a hat at the thought of how fast that went. And I can tell you that as fast as my kids came, I can see that's as fast as they're going to go. Um, so the wind changes just like fall and things are like, oh, this is a different season we're moving into. And pretty soon it's well, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old, so it's not going to be real soon. <laughs> Sometimes I wish it was sooner. Um, but before I know it, it will be if God is gracious, and he is. Um, hopefully, it will be the two of us again. And what we began with is what we're going to end with. And if I am empty and I don't have a lot that I've invested in that along the years, it's really hard when the kids go. And so you want to be securing that relationship the whole way through. Keep being his friend. Don't be all mom and no wife. Um, the next part is be available, be interested, and be faithful. And what I'm talking about here is sex. So we are Christian women, and God has given us a great gift in sexual intimacy. It is his design, and it's his plan, and it's what he has given us for marriage that makes you more than roommates. It makes you more than friends. It's what brings you together in oneness. And um, research shows that men feel loved or are able to give the most love after sexual intimacy and women want to receive love before they can give sexual intimacy. So it's interesting how so much of marriage is really a laying down of yourself and your rights. It's a service to each other and it's very fulfilling when all of that happens. Um, so sometimes you're going to say, I am touched out. I have been with little children all day and if one more person and touches me, I'm going to smack them. Um, <laughs> or you have a new baby, maybe you're nursing, you don't feel, you, you feel like that has a whole different purpose in life right now than to be satisfying in marriage. Um, or you might have older kids that never go to bed and you're like, when is this going to happen? <laughs> um, and that's a very real thing. But I want to remind us that um, this, just like friendship, is something vital to our marriages and for our husbands to feel loved and their needs fulfilled. And then, of course, our needs are fulfilled when that reciprocates. So um, take the time, and it's worth that to keep your marriage healthy in pursuing oneness. And finally, for marriage, I just want to say be a helper. Um, 
I once heard Allie Doherty give a talk and she said that she would put Jordan's needs at the top of her list every week. And I started to do that and um, making my husband a priority in my week and sometimes just checking in. And recently I asked him, like, what is it that you want me to be doing? And he said, just take care of our kids and house cheerfully. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's not easy. I wish you'd tell me to iron a shirt. Um, but anyways, I um, just making him a priority and letting him know he is a priority to you. And he's not just one of the kids. He is your husband, and you are called to be a helper to him. And another big way to do that is to pray for him, pray with him if he's willing. If he's not willing, then pray that he will become willing, and don't be bitter that he isn't willing yet. And then I'm going to move into motherhood. So um, that's marriage, huge important role if you're um, married. And then motherhood, teaching our children. Um, so being about our duties. We are called to teach our children about God and his word. We are called to train and discipline them, to feed, clothe them, keep them clean. Um, we're, it is wonderful if we can make a loving home for them and a childhood that they can remember happily. Well, how do you do all that? I am learning that I do it through failure a lot, and I fail forward. I keep trying. Yes, things have gone wrong. Yes, there has been terrible things in my life, and I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep going. And that is the heart of, um, kind of goes into the next one, being steadfast and tenacious. Um, to not give up. Uh, this is a long-haul journey. And so, um, Honestly, I would say it goes well beyond 18 years. My mom is still deeply impacting my life, um, and I'm thankful for that. And I pray that God gives me many opportunities to impact my children and my generations well into the future. Um, so one more thing about your duties is um, to pray for them. I uh, don't know if you've had the gift of a praying mother, um, but you can be a praying mother. And... I sometimes hear young moms say that they're not burdened in as much as they want to be. And let me just tell you, as they get older, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you will be burdened. And you respond to that call through prayer. There's a lot of nights, and I'm sure many moms can attest to this, that I can sleep because my babies sleep, but I can't sleep because my older kids. Um, they're not even with me, but I'm up praying for them through the night. So God gives us a heart for our kids that probably not too many other people in their lives have. And it's a ministry that you have to be praying for your children. God has given them the gift of you. So use that and use all the fears and all the anxieties that you may be prone to, to turn it into prayer. And um, you can leave it at the cross and leave it in God's care. Um, so then I said, be steadfast. Motherhood is eternal work. I don't think I learned this until far into my motherhood journey. Some of you get it, and it's so encouraging to see that you understand the importance of it. I had to fight a lot of selfish ambitions before, and I still do, um, before I understood the worth of this work. Um, you have brought a soul into the world by God's grace. He has allowed you to be a vessel to bring an eternal being into this world. And then he's given you the privilege to shape and mold and train this little soul. And you have 
at least 18 years if if go, things go normal, um, to share who God is with this little child. And um, it's eternal. So you don't get a paycheck. You don't get a performance review. You don't get a lot of payoffs that you might have missed um, if you had other ideas for your life. But what you get is your life is being transformed by the laying down of it for your children, and prayerfully, you're you're seeing the rewards that God gives you through your faithful service. Um, the next thing I would say is be honest with your time, and another way is like be present. And this, I don't know if every generation has had to fight it as much as we do, but we have so many capabilities to leave our lives right here in our pocket. Um, they're great. They make work efficient. They, phones help us do all kinds of things, but they also can help us steal time from our families. Um, and if you struggle with this, I can tell you that 20 years ago, I was stealing time by checking freezer groups on Yahoo. <laughs> like, I got to go see what new recipes are posted. Like, I always will find something to avoid my work if I want to, but this makes it so much easier. So I think we really have to um, understand where our phone is mastering us instead of us mastering it and try really to put things in place that keep that in check. I am guilty of this. I have not arrived. It is a struggle constantly for me. One thing that has helped me is an app called My Phone Time. It's a free app and there's all kinds of things you can do. Um, but this just monitors how much time I spent on my phone that day. And I can like take some apps out if I'm listening to um, you know, music. It doesn't count that stuff. But Instagram, if I see how many opens I have on Instagram some days, it's shameful. And um, But that holds me accountable. And so I know the amount of time that is is okay. And then I know when I've just totally stolen time from my family. So there are other things, other ways. Some people steal time with exercise. That is not my problem. Um, <laughs> reading, decorating, crafts, all kinds of things that you might... Um, find more appealing than being present with your children. That doesn't mean you can never have a break, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. I so appreciate her theme verse, Psalm 20, 12. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That's such a great verse to live by no matter where you are in life, no matter what your days are filled with. Our days should honor God, and we should keep this as a foundation in all we do and in all we plan to do. This was such great, great practical stuff. I'm so thankful to Erica. And next time, when you listen to Unshaken, we'll finish our talk, and you can hear more great things she has to share. Remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.